Chris Wendelkin, and this is On The Line, my podcast where I talk to friends of mine around the country about all things NBA, the draft, offseason, free agency, LeBron, Durant, the Warriors, Kawhi, who's going where. Thanks for tuning in. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at me at ontheline underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. You can always email me any of your questions, thoughts, opinions. If you have questions about your upcoming fantasy basketball draft, hit me up at onthelinepod at gmail.com. Last, if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Um, it helps me out a lot. All right, we're back. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you've had a good week. NBA offseason is humming right along. September's right around the corner here. We'll be in training camp before you know it. Then away we go with... Preseason games. Um, we're going to try something new on the pod. Fun little idea here with Ben Craw. Ben and I put together a few different NBA-related drafts. Um, we got we got together, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into all the details in just a sec. But uh, it's pretty self-explanatory. Pretty much uh, is what it sounds like. This is this first one out of the box. We're going to be drafting our personal favorite NBA player hairstyles. So we got froze, we got rose, we got mullets and beards. We got it all, so uh, let's hop into it. Here is the inaugural draft on the line with the one, the only. He's the big dog, Ben Croft. All right, this is on the line. We're here in Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn, New York with Ben Croft, BC. What's up? What's good? How's the offseason going? How's, how's life treating you? Um, you know, it's pretty slow right now. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. thankfully, we have uh, a little something in, in store here to pass the time as we await actual NBA action. How, how should we describe this? And like, what are the origins of this here? So at, at, at some point over the last couple of months, you mentioned to me, we were having a discussion. Was it about... Um, the rap album that Jason Kidd was on, yeah, uh, where that, was part th- of it. Th- that may have been in it, but at some point you said something to me like, "You know what we should do? We should have a podcast where we like rank all time like off the court achievements." And then you're like, "No, no, no! We should actually have a draft, literally, yeah. where we draft best like off court achievements." And then for NBA players, then I got thinking, and you, you and I sort of talked like, "Wait, what are the different NBA drafts that we could do?" Here yeah. in the off season. I mean, first of all, let's uh, kind of recognize the fact that nothing really is more fun than a draft. Than a draft. A draft of things. It could be a draft of anything. And right off the top, I have to give a shout out to uh, Mike Shore and Joe Posnanski yes. of yes. the Poscast. The Poscast. Podcast. Yep. Um, because they uh, long, long ago were in the draft game um and uh as a huge fan of their podcast i, yeah. was, I felt utterly inspired and totally. motivated to um to steal their idea yeah and copy it but while i encourage everyone to check out their uh particular brand and style of drafting um we're gonna kind of tailor ours specifically to nba culture uh-huh. both on the court and off the court so that got us to thinking what would be some fun things yeah. for us to to draft and i should say i should say we have really put together a pretty <laughs> comprehensive list of things that we would like to draft that's right and so we tried to identify like what were the most drafty of things that we would want to start with and so we're going to start with a big three a three-headed monster here yeah of um hair NBA hairstyles, haircuts, haircuts. hairstyles. Yeah. Then we're going to move on to NBA enforcers. Mm, The enforcer. Yeah. The enforcer. And and then we'll finish up with best NBA signature moves. That's right. In-game signature moves. Yeah. So just to pick your brain, BC, talk to me about how you're feeling. Like, you know, we were talking about this a minute or two ago with, with Kate, your wife, like, 
how, how, what, like, what are your emotions like heading into this thing? I personally, I can tell you like, um, I feel ready, you yeah. know, like I, I, I've done the work. I feel, I feel ready for the moment. I'm not afraid of the moment at all. Uh, there are definitely guys, there are signature moves in each one of these drafts who I've identified and be like, I've got to have this guy. Yeah. Got to have this guy. I would describe my mood right now as my body is, is, is quaking <laughs> just lightly with, right. with nerves sure. and, and nope. energy. You're only um, human. Yeah. I mean, this is our first draft. This is our inaugural draft. draft. Um, so we're both kind of rookies at this. Yeah. I mean, obviously as longtime listeners of the show know, we've, We've done our share of fantasy basketball drafts, right. um, but this is a, a very different beast. So I think there's going to be, you know, sort of a feeling out process. Right. Um, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little giddy, uh, I would say, yeah. but overall I'm feeling good. Um, yeah. You and I both know we've done the work. I mean, we've done the preparation. Yeah. Um, now it's just a matter of execution. Sure. I mean, I will say, let me, let me say before we dive in, uh, all three of these draft classes are loaded. Yeah. You know, like they are very deep. The, the, the hair class was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, you name it, like we could go on and on here. And we should make it clear too, there were really no rules or restrictions no. or parameters of any Absolutely kind put in not. place. It's yeah. just haircuts. And it's not necessarily the best haircuts or right. the worst haircuts or... Uh, you know what we think a consensus top five no. or ten haircut. It's our. It's just haircuts. So, Whatever that means to us. What's the number one haircut? I, I don't know about you, Ben, but for me, my guiding light, my guiding principle through this whole process, and it has been an extensive, it's exhausting been, yeah. process. Yeah. My guiding light, my guiding principle has just been CW. Just do what's in your heart, man. Yeah. Like listen to your heart. Don't worry about the list. Just shut out the noise. Okay, shut out the, the clutter, noise. All the different voices and opinions trying to weigh in you and, gotta and draft, push you this way or that way. You got to no. draft the most poignant person there, the person that speaks to you, be it hair, be it signature move, yeah. be it NBA enforcer. You got to look inward. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you ready? You want to dive in? All right, let's do this. So okay. I think the uh, the most important uh, question here um, to it's, kick things off is who goes first? Who and goes first? I, we and haven't actually it, really planned this at all in advance. Abs- yeah, right. So if this were a fantasy draft with you know, several teams, it would be traditionally be a snake. So it'd be teams one, two, three, and then three, two, one would be the order of the draft. Right. But I think since there's just the two of us, it should just back and forth. It's just two people. Yeah, I think just, you just back, go back and forth. So it's just yeah. a simple back and forth. Yeah. Um, I would just say this, that when you, when we do decide whoever goes first for yeah. this draft, for the next draft, that Great. person would start at second. I love it. Yeah. And then we would alternate like that. Unless, of course, there was like some sort of uh, incident or who knows, you know, I can't predict how this is all going to go. Like <laughs> right. I said, this is our first time doing this. Yeah. I could foresee, I don't expect it, but it's possible uh, that somehow, some way, someone would like be able to ex- trade or exchange the right to pick first. I'm I don't know. Happy I'm happy to talk even, about trades. Yeah. yeah, if you want to talk about trades at some point, we that's something we can discuss. The commissioner hasn't ruled on that yeah. yet, so that's something we're just going to have to figure out on the fly. We're starting with hair, yes? Yes, haircuts okay. is our first draft. Why don't you, do you want to do you want to take the first pick? Wow, I don't I don't know. I sort of feel like we should have a coin flip okay. or something. Do yeah. we have a coin anywhere? I, I don't. Let me see if I can find I don't have a coin. coin Cuz this has got to be, you know, yeah. I want to just Yeah, so we're going to flip a CD. 
So luckily my wife is a big fan of obsolete technology. So yeah. we actually have a CD player in our Wonderful. kitchen. Yeah. Um, and I just happened to reach for the first CD on the stack, which was music from the Miramax motion picture Swingers. Wow. All right. So that's the <laughs> CD that we're going to be flipping. Great. Um, and so it's, he, would heads be the side with the label? Heads would be the side with the label. And tails the side that is the you glossy don't scratch. Side. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but if you do scratch, of course, you can totally erase that scratch with either like grease from your hair sure. or whatever, you know, remember the tricks. I um, am going to, I am going to choose heads. You're going heads. Just swingers. because it seems harder. It just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll flip. Chris chooses heads. Yeah. I'm Let's going see heads. how this happens. Here it is. Li- this is happening live on the podcast, folks. All right. It is heads. It's heads. It is heads, folks. Wow. Okay. So wait, now you have the so option I get to, as I get the winner. To you can either punt or, or receive. Exactly. Um, we're going to play defense first. Oh. Yeah. So I get the first. Yeah, you get the first. And I'll get the first pick in Enforcers, which I'm thrilled with. Oh, man. That's... All right. That's a, that's a choice that I respect. Yeah. So let's get this going, folks. Um, <sighs> with the first pick mm-hmm. in the first draft of the online podcast haircuts my number one choice is the same as my number one jersey that i bought as oh a child god. oh my god and that is number 14 he broke for the my new york heart. knicks he broke Anthony my heart mason oh <laughs> that's phenomenal i want you to know mace was number one on my board yes yeah. i don't doubt number it. <laughs> one on your board um uh, but i yeah there's really no question when i when i started my research here that that was one that i didn't have to think about hey can i so can, Bear with us, folks. We're doing this for the first time. Yeah. Can I ask you about your research? Like, what are you looking at right now? Like, how how did you compile your research? Well, for someone like Mason, mm-hmm. I didn't have to do too much digging. Sure, um, I can draw upon my own personal memories yes, totally. um, that are there at the you know tip of my fingertips. Yeah. Um, so easily accessible and deep uh, those memories. So um, Mason was like really one of the f- reasons why. Like he was a key reason why I fell yep. so so deeply in love with the New York Knicks. He was just the coolest. Mm-hmm. He had so if, for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, also I encourage people to, um, if you're listening along and you happen to be in front of it or have access to a computer or even a phone, um, I would I would definitely highly encourage people to um, have Google Images at the ready so yes. they could um, you know sort of uh, check our check our picks as we go. But for anyone who doesn't know, can't imagine there are that many. But Anthony Mason really pioneered and no one kind of did it like really like him yeah. before or since but he would shave his head and uh, leave uh, a certain amount of hair mm-hmm. carved and shaped into either words mm-hmm. or symbols pictures um, yeah. sometimes it was a light amount of hair on his head and the design would be the shaved part sometimes yeah. the head would be fully shaved yes. and the design would be, be hair. the remaining hair yeah um, I feel like in the playoffs, he tended to go for the shaved head, hair That's right. remaining. That's right. Um, which, you know, like when you're an 11 year old kid and you see a dude with like the New York City skyline, like shaved mm-hmm. into his head mm-hmm. or like the, or like the logo mm-hmm. of, of the team that he plays for. Um, I remember in the 94 finals, he had the word, uh, the words in God's hands, in God's hands. shaved. Yeah. Um, 
there we were, so I have to admit I don't have a specific uh, personal first-hand yeah. memory of this, but I saw photos online yeah. of him with the words "dog pound." Dog pound. Um, I'm staring. Just I, I asked you like, how do you compile your research? <laughs> what you need to know about my research is I'm staring at a picture right now of dog pound. Dog pound. I have Anthony Mason in profile to with the dog pound seminal yeah, G funk rap right. group. That's right. Daz Dillinger, corrupt. You know, close associates of Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Yes. Um, one of my favorite, like, kind of underground, more more deep cut rap mm-hmm. groups of the '90s. They they were the coolest, and apparently Mason Anthony Mason shared our tastes in music. Yes. Um, because he advertised it to the entire world mm-hmm. uh, in his in this on the side of his head with his hair, which is just incredibly cool. One last point that I have to raise yeah. is that deeply and intricately interwoven with my love of the New York Knicks as a child was my love of the Beastie Boys yeah. as a child. You know, like so many of their their line like their specific raps and, and lines just kinda like mm-hmm. made me like sort of forced me to love this this group. Uh, one of they my referenced. favorite lines of all time was on the Ill Communication album. I think it was it was either MCA or Mike D. I think it was Mike D. Uh, rap the line, I got my hair cut correct like Anthony Mason. Um, yeah. which, you know, special. again, when I hear that and I'm special. like, that's my group. Yeah. That's my, that's yeah. my favorite. Those are my favorite rappers. Yeah. Like, boom, that's it. They're rapping about my favorite NBA player. Um, they're name dropping the coolest person pretty much in my life. Yeah. Is- I mean, I think Mace pretty much embodied the toughness of the nineties Knicks, mm-hmm. you know, and his hair let other players know that he wasn't messing around. Well, let's not lie. There's a, there's a, I would say strong to quite strong chance that this one will be the last time we'll be bringing no. up his name. <laughs> no, no. Uh, in these drafts. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. One last little bit of research yeah. I want to share. Um, so, um, and this, I didn't realize until mm-hmm. I, I, I tr- decided to dig in a little bit deeper into the research, but, um, so the, the artist who created these pieces was Freddie. a guy, Freddie Avila, yeah. uh, Cuddy's hair studio in Jamaica, Jamaica. Queens. Yeah. Uh, Mason would go up there um, you know, just sit down in, uh-huh. in, in Freddie's shop, yep. talk to him. Yeah. You know, they'd kind of figure out sometimes it would be Mason with the idea, sometimes Freddie would come up with the idea. Yeah. They would hash it out together and then boom, he would do the work. It would take, you know, thirty minutes, maybe sometimes, maybe maybe shorter depending. Do the outline with the clippers, then clean it up with the razor. And uh, I just gotta say, shouts to Freddie. Shouts to Freddie. That guy just did incredible work. I believe Cuddy's hair studio still stands still in there. Jamaica, Queens. It's still in Jamaica. Um, so if you see. guys want a fresh cut from Freddie. I see we read the same New York Post articles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I just want to say about Mace, you know, uh, 13-year NBA career, average 10 points, 8 rebounds. He was the NBA Sixth Man of the Year in 1995. He made NBA All-Defensive Team. Um, he, y- you know, like, how do I put this? It's a level of, a com- it's a level of commitment, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you're showing up for a playoff game and someone has spent time at a hair salon, at like a hair, a barbershop. Yeah. Yeah. getting their scalp like sculpted in such a way it like really shows where their head is at where their commitment is at where their heart is at and it just sort of like ratchet ratcheted things up i think it like raised yeah. the stakes for everyone yeah. and kind of let his opponents know because i don't know if you if, uh, i'm sorry if you said this and i didn't hear it but like he would actually tailor each haircut to his specific opponent yes yes oftentimes so, right the the design would would be very so like he would sit down he would sit out. down with freddie at this barbershop in jamaica and be like look it's game 3 we're playing the pacers tonight 
what do you, what do you got? Like, yeah. what, what, what are you thinking? Like, what do we need? What sets the tone tonight at the garden in terms of my hair? Like, mm-hmm. is it, is it the skyline? Is it dog pound? Is it birth star? Is it in God's hands? <laughs> I mean, just, think about that in God's hands yeah, in man. the NBA finals. And that, like, I, I, I actually saw an interview that Mace did. That was his personal favorite. Really? In, in God's hands. I mean, that shit is so serious. Like that yeah, made man. you realize like, it's like that's this where he's matters. at. Like yeah. this is, this is a this is a moment in in this man's life that is so important that you know and and you know I wasn't a, a particularly religious uh, yeah. uh, believer you know as an right. eleven year old Knicks fan right but it just like I was still able to kind of appreciate like the 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 depth and the seriousness and the kind of like gravity of of this moment um, and it just made me care like that much more about you know the outcome of of this. Uh, of this uh, this NBA Finals series. Yeah. I mean, again, this is not going to be the last time we talk about Mason yeah. in these drafts, I have a feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a couple of other nuggets that I'll save. Mm-hmm. But um, Anthony Mason, your first overall pick for your inaugural NBA hair draft. Man. I mean, I... I so, just so proud. That, I'm proud. That, that I'm proud. The guy. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of me. I'm proud yeah. of us. I'm proud of Mason. Yeah. I'm proud for the pod. Yeah. So number one overall, Anthony Mason of your New York Knicks. Yeah. Fantastic. Way uh, to kick things off, Mace. With, with the second overall pick. With the second overall pick. Now, at this point, I have no idea. Like, I kind of had a feeling that would be your first pick, but at this point, yeah. I have no idea where, where I'm what going. direction you're heading in. He's one of the greatest rebounding players ever, if not the greatest. He's a defensive stalwart. Oh He's God. a five-time champion with the Pistons and the Bulls. You're stealing one of mine. His already. nickname was The Worm. He is Dennis Rodman. Rodman... Uh, the bad boy. Now, this is a player, Dennis Rodman, who mastered basically the art of color. Yeah. Uh, he embraced color in his hair. Rodman, um, Dennis Rodman, uh, I did a little research here. So mm. apparently he had a pretty unhappy childhood, was very shy and introverted mm. in, his, in his young years. And he actually um, kind of seriously had a failed suicide attempt in 1993. I don't know if you remember this. Wow. I don't know yeah. if I do know the details. Of yeah. That. He, uh, he apparently, I think, I think he was in, I don't know if he was with the Spurs yet or if he's still on the Pistons, but I think I actually sort of do now remember, I think he was still with the Pistons. Yeah. And it was after and it was, Chuck Daly left. And it right? was the thing that like prompted his trade to the Spurs. They were like, I think Dennis needs like a new, yeah. like, like a new ch- change of scenery. I remember reading about how he was like sitting in Pistons his pickup head truck. Coach Chuck Daly had really become like a father figure for yes. him and kind of like this, this, uh, yeah. stability in his yeah. life for him. So um, he had this, uh, failed suicide attempt mm. and he afterward decided that like enough i'm not going to be ashamed anymore i'm not going to be this shy meek little kid i'm going to embrace my inner bad boy and he sort of uh from that moment forward sort of like embraced this renegade personality in nature and he started dyeing his hair different colors Mm -hmm. multiple piercings tattoos and he just became a disruptor in the game, like on the court, off the court. He just embraced the whole thing, the whole persona. He truly became Dennis Rodman once he started embracing the colors. Yeah. Whether it was bright green, whether it was pink, whether we had the HIV AIDS uh, ribbon t- um, yes, I was dyed bring that up. into his hair. Yeah. We had the leopard spots. Um I mean, he just went, he went, he went for it, you know, he, um, he became fully like self-actualized yes. in 1993, 94. What was beautiful about Dennis was he didn't concern himself with like offensive glory. Instead, he mm-hmm. wanted to make a name for himself doing the dirty work. For him, getting a rebound was like, like making a three-pointer yeah. or like dunking he, from the foul line. Like it was like his 
purest joy. He made uh, defense and rebounding punk rock. Yeah. Like he made, he really became like this like punk rock symbol and yeah. icon and sort of made doing the dirty work cool. Yeah. I and, totally remember like friends of mine who like weren't even into basketball that much mm-hmm. were like, kind of like fans of, of Rodman. They yes. were like, yeah, he's like my favorite. Like, I don't really yeah. know much, but he's like, like the he's anti, the coolest. He's, he's like the like, anti-athlete. Yeah. He, he's the he's anti-Jordan. Rock, yeah. Like, totally, totally like Like not weirdo. corporate. Yeah. He's yeah. like, says all the wrong things. Uh, and, and his hair kind of became this platform for this like renegade life of his. He started dating uh, Madonna and Carmen Electra. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, famously started hanging out at gay bars. He was wearing a wedding dress. You see him in a wedding dress on the cover of magazines. Mm-hmm. And then after his basketball career, he starts dabbling around in, in uh, pro wrestling, does some acting. Yeah, let's um, definitely not uh, make light of his acting career. No. Uh, double team with uh, sure. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So um, second overall pick, Dennis Rodman. I feel good about it. He's a champion, five-time champion with the Pistons and with Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, also just, I, I think it's, it's fun. I, I think we've been kind of alluding to this, but just you know, juxtaposing Rodman with Jordan. You Mm -hmm. know, Jordan really became this, like, very clean-cut corporate spokesperson put together face of the league. Oh, and, for sure. And Dennis Rodman was his, you know, his his wingman. And and Jordan needed Rodman. Mm-hmm. You know, he really needed Rodman. And it was a lot of fun to see those guys play together and, and to, to coexist. Yeah. So um, we tip our hat to you, Dennis Rodman. We, we love you. We love what you did for the league. And uh, BC, the, yeah. floor, the floor is yours. Whenever, yeah. Whenever he was you're just ready. That, that guy that, like, that, like just like he was really the only guy back then that brought that kind of color and weirdness yes. to uh, to the league. Um, and I and I also want to just make so it's funny. So I had him on my list. Yeah. Um, but in in my mind, I had a very um, kind of important distinction to make mm-hmm. between Spurs Rodman and Bulls Rodman. And this might be some yeah. bias playing in because I um, I hated the Bulls as a, as a yeah. Knicks fan. Um, of course. And. Um, but it was even more than that. Once I sort of started thinking about it and like reflecting on, on like why I felt the way I did, I believe that there was like sort of an aesthetic element where by the time he got to the bulls, he kind of like, you know, he, he'd established himself and his character. Um, and he really started going like more extreme with the hair, um, and incorporating like a lot more like multiple colors and stuff. Yes. Um, and I felt like it kind of just went a little overboard at a yeah. certain point. At a certain point, it definitely like became 97, like... 97, 98. It became like graffiti. Yeah. It just, just became and like it graffiti sort of started art. to look kind of like dirty and like yeah. there was just... It, there there had been too much like like going on throughout the yeah. years that it was like bleeding into each other and it like just kind of looked like... The, the hair never had a time to like process and heal. Yeah, like yeah. it was like vanilla ice cream with like sprinkles that yes. like melted and had like melted. The, 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 the colors bled. Absolutely. Um, and also, I, I have to make the point that the uniform, the red mm-hmm. um, Bulls uniform, kind of clashed. With hot pink, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? Whereas, when he was on the Spurs, uh-huh. not only was it new and it was more novel back yes. then, but the Spurs were really the perfect uniform solid backdrop. White. Solid white, solid black. The black and silver and white. Yep. That was like the perfect neutral tone background yes. for, for Rodman's like neon green, neon pink to pop out. And it just made it look so much like cooler and, and sort of more interesting and, and like I don't know like I just felt that always looked a lot better just aesthetically. Of um, course, and for me that was part of his appeal with the Bulls was like look at this guy he doesn't even care about his like rainbow sprinkle hair yeah. like dripping 
in like a sea of bleached ice cream hair. He (laughs) doesn't even, he has such irreverence. You know what I mean? Like obviously Jordan spoke to him about it. Obviously Jordan was like, can you give me a, a, just a stable color? Can you just give me like that point? I'm sure the organization (laughs) was like kind of asking him to tone it down. Even just like a Royal blue or just give me like a solid red. Right. We we, we could work with that. Keep it uniform. But it's the graffiti art. It's, it's just very, yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or the zebra stripes or, or the leopard skin. Like it's just, it's a lot. It's jarring to the eye. The fact that Rodman said no this yeah. is who I am yeah and you have to like, give him props own, for it. own this own yeah. the mess I am your mess and it was also pretty revolutionary you, you touched on it uh, quickly earlier but the fact that in this was in the year 1995 when he was still on the bur- on the Spurs yeah but he had an actual AIDS ribbon yes bleached or dyed into mm-hmm. a red AIDS ribbon mm-hmm. with uh, the rest of his hair totally white yeah um, uh, uh, on the back of his head he had an AIDS ribbon in 1995 which is yeah. like pretty awesome ballsy yeah so yeah, he was. Yeah, I think that sort of epitomizes him, though. Too, it's like this is a guy that really wasn't afraid to say what he needed to say yeah. and stand for what he needed to stand for. And it was like love it or love it or hate it. Like yeah. this is who I am, and I'm the best rebounder in the league. So and that kind like, of thing obviously was like pretty common in like rock and roll, but yeah. in, the, in the much more conservative traditional arena of sports, yeah, that was like revolutionary. Absolutely, and that, like, opened a lot of people's eyes and yep. like. You know, obviously a lot of people like didn't like him and yep. he's obviously become kind of a weird controversial figure later yeah. in life. But, yeah. um, you know, we're all pulling for you, Dennis. We hope yeah, uh, absolutely, everything man. kind absolutely. of works, works out for you. Yeah. yeah. All right. You're up. <sighs> wow. All right. Second round. Here we go. <laughs> Pick number two. Now, this is where I... Oh, boy. All right. Of course. <laughs> I'm going to go with... All right. I'm going to go with someone... Because I'm hoping I can get my, exactly. my real pick. Just in the so next you round. know. Yeah. Just I'm so you know. Like, here. <laughs> I was already thinking. I was like, do I need to take? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to go. Um, God, don't be. With don't number two it. pick, also a New York Nick. <laughs> it's Patrick Ewing. Wow. Um, Widow's Peak. Yeah. It's the Widow's Peak flat top. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I'm talking like. 92, He's on my list, by 93 the way. era. Yep, yep, yep. Because yep. that's really when it was at its strongest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was right around the 93 playoffs that not only did he have the flat top, like very perfectly sculpted, very angular, um, with the Widow's Peak, which um, I will uh, reinforce in a later pick of mine. The Widow's Peak is actually very important. I'm a huge fan of Widow's Peaks. Um, wow. I think they kind of give a haircut like a lot more like interesting you know, sort of structure and, and variety. And it just kind of like, it just sort of sat well on the top of his head, like the shape of everything. Like it just looked right. It looked cool. It looked awesome. It looked powerful. Like mm-hmm. he was like some kind of superhero. Mm-hmm. And then around 93, he started doing the racing stripes in the side. That's of right. The flat top, That's which right. Really is what put it over the top. Cause lots of players had flat tops, yep. you know, one or two probably even had like a part here or there. Yep. Um, but there aren't that many players that I can think of who had the flat top with like the very clear, very bright uh, shaved racing stripes into the side. Yeah. I believe he had like kind of one stripe that that kind of like like made like a little right angle on one side, and then on the other side he had two stripes, wow, which was God. just dope. Like it was yeah. just so cool looking, and obviously like that was the year that I fell in love with the Knicks, and like sure. he was just like I was like oh that's my that's like the leader of my team, my superhero. Yep. yep. My captain, yep. Patrick Ewing, um, with the racing stripe flat top. 
He started the flat top, I think, around 1990. Okay. Lasted until, you know, it had like five or six good glory years there. And then by like 96, he started to like round it out a little bit. Okay. Which I got to say, like kind of coincided with like the decline of the team. Yeah. I think like they were still obviously relevant and like a good, strong playoff team. And they made that wild run in 99, of We course. like that sharp boxy but 90, flat top. But they never reached the, the same peaks as they did in 93 and 94. Um, so. So late 90s, he starts rounding out? Yeah, it was rounding. It was rounding even and like slightly by 90. By 98, 99, it was, it was like basically like a mini fro. I have a question for you. Yeah. Wasn't that the year he also got hurt? That I, was. Yeah, I don't yeah. think that's a coincidence. No, it can't be. There's no way. Yeah, I think he was really like kind of losing his powers a little so bit. So in 98, the, the Knicks make a championship run without Ewing. Famously, Marcus Camby fills 99. in. Uh, ni- 99. 99. Yeah. 98, 99 season, but yeah. it was the 99 right, playoffs. Right. Yeah. yeah, so Camby goes down. So Camby helms the uh, the center for the Knicks. Right. But right around that time, Ewing is really rounding out those edges on his Yeah, flat it had definitely lost its uh, its sharpness. Sure. Um, but, you know, you know, it's, with age, you know, you, you you want to change some styles up, you know, you can't have the same haircut forever. So I mean, early to mid nineties, let's talk about it. I mean, what an imposing figure with that sharp flat top, the yeah. knee pads, the high white shorts. Yeah. He's big, got those the big gigantic arms, the white wrist pads. Yeah. The, the, a full rich mustache, yep. just yep. an imposing figure in the middle. Dripping in sweat. Dripping in sweat. Yeah. I mean, the guy leaves every ounce uh, on the floor in the paint at Madison Square Garden. That's my man. Yeah. Goddamn. All right. All that's, right. that's the second round pick for BC. I'm on the clock. Wow. With my second overall pick. This is a deep cut here. Oh boy. If you steal my if you steal my guy. <laughs> he is the nineteenth overall pick in the nineteen ninety seven NBA draft. Okay. He was selected by the Detroit Pistons. This might require a Google image uh, search by you, Ben, if you need it. It's totally fine. Okay. His name is Scott Pollard. Oh, of course. Scott Pollard. Of course. Scott Pollard. Um, he, uh, I, I want to talk about the Scott Pollard that played for the Kings. Yeah. Um, Scott Pollard, I remember as a bruising uh, power forward center for the Kings who just battled against the Los Angeles Lakers. I remember watching Scott Pollard play the Lakers on NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, those, inf- just those, those famous like hard fought battles and Pollard had, um, he, what's great about Pollard is he had, uh, there were many, there were many, um, seasons of Pollard. There were many seasons so of Scott. So many, so many different looks. So let's start with the, uh, let's we'll start with what we'll call Samurai Scott, <laughs> which is a high pony. Uh, we, we have a high pony. Um, we have a long, we have some long, like mutton chop Elvisy kind of sideburns. Absolutely insane mutton chops. Um, we don't have a mustache, but we have a healthy uh, a bit of hair on the chin. Yep. And uh, we'll call him Samurai Scott. At one point, he introduced a new hairstyle that was actually two ponytails during a, uh, a home game against uh, the Pacers uh, when the Pacers were playing the uh, Supersonics. Mm. Um, he was just a special player. Uh, I mean, you know, he... Um, Pollard Pollard appeared in the NBA playoffs in uh, including in the 2007 NBA Finals with the Cleveland Cavs. He won a championship ultimately with the Boston Celtics in 2007 2008. Mm. He also uh, famously appeared as a contestant in Survivor and placed eighth. Did not realize that. Um, but I just you know real quick we'll touch on the different seasons of Scott. So we had the high, we have the high pony that Samurai Scott. Mm-hmm. Then he evolves. He eventually shaves the head. Gives me a nice. Um, Fu Manchu is that is that what I'm looking for I the, the so. long mustache right yep yep then a eventually handlebar or the, Fu Manchu. yeah yeah the handlebar that's what it's called yep. then in Cleveland he does something really unique 
he gives us a uh, a blonde mohawk. Oh, so yeah. he shaves everything off on the side. He goes bleached mohawk down the middle, and he's going to go ahead and take his, just the hair on his the chin. The aforementioned chin patch. The chin patch, and we're going to braid that. Yeah. So he has two little nuggets of, of hair that are kind of braided or dreaded. Now, what do you think he uses for that? Is that a, is that a twist, twister tie? It, it, rubber uh, bands? Uh, from the picture that I have here, it looks like it could be rubber bands. I don't yeah. know if there's maybe some wax in there or what. Mm. And then finally, I want to talk about Survivor scott so survivor scott uh was rocking a really sweet headband mm. <laughs> he was walking rocking a really sweet headband and just sort of let himself go once he was on the island mm-hmm. um you would not know this was the physique of uh, uh an nba athlete and i sort of i love that he kind of grows out the beard he lets his hair go at this point he's he he really has a receding hairline mm-hmm. he's going bald here a little bit so he shaves it off he's rocking a great um red survivor bandana and uh, you know his his tattoos are on full display. He's out in the ocean. He's having tats, a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Scott Pollard, he was a legend. Again, he he comes in strong with the samurai look, the mutton chops, that the high ponytail, and then the second ponytail with the kings. Eventually, he evolves into the blonde mohawk, the chin strap with the braids, and then uh, eventually we get him out in the ocean for Survivor. Now, would you say he's something of a successor or descendant of Dennis Rodman in some ways? Like, would you think he like because he was definitely like like a bit of a weird like an NBA weirdo? So he like, was. He really kind yeah. of like you know flew the the freak flag same if you will. same error right of player yeah. i mean a little um, bit after rodman okay but i kind of feel like with yeah rodman I, I feel like he's an inspiration trail yeah he dennis Pollard definitely felt a little more comfortable to be like i'm absolutely. gonna be me absolutely i feel like dennis blazed the trail for him and said like hey look it's cool to be you yeah. you know just whoever you are fly the freak flag and the freakier the better especially when your job is you know offensive and defensive rebounding mm-hmm. uh, you kind of you have a responsibility to be menacing a little yeah, bit and yeah. a little intimidating and hair can go a long way in being intimidating for sure and he was that kind of player just yes. like scrapping and clawing yes. and obviously like not a super talented no you know like no. never an all-star no always did the dirty work i mean it's always possible. got the shit under the stick yes you know? yes going and up I, against shaquille o'neal and the play like mission impossible you have like, to bring I'm, something to the table yeah. if you're playing Shaq, it's like give me a ponytail yeah i need give something me, to motivate me absolutely give me some give me give me a chin strap with some some dreaded little nuggets maybe it there. gives me the slightest competitive edge if i'm kind of like weirding out my opponent sure. a little bit hey, kind of I, getting who, in his head like what is this guy thinking who has a handlebar mustache in the league look at this no guy one. i'm gonna be the guy i'm I gonna make someone go uncomfortable him right like i don't know what's in his head exactly yeah yeah, yeah. scott pollard scott great pollard pick. yep great pick thank you all right on to round number three yep so now i'm gonna go with one of my uh one of my favorite oh. deep cuts from the uh 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. this oh. man oh man was Why Nick had a couple of nicknames, one of which was John Shaft, one of which was the Windex Man. What? I'm talking about Michael Cage wow. and his famous Jerry Curl. Wow, Michael Cage. Yeah. Go ahead and do a Google oh, search. Oh, there it is. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. You've sent this to me before, Michael Cage. Okay, I let's talk. I would argue the greatest Jerry Curl in NBA history. No doubt. I've never seen anything He's like this. He's going up against the likes of A.C. Green, yep. the likes of Rick Fox, yep. the likes of Reggie Theus. Yeah. But Michael Cage, mm-hmm. when he was on the Seattle Supersonics, Supersonics. like 87, 88, um, he had the wettest, most luxurious Jerry Curl 
I mean, I would say topped only in all of history by Jules Winfield and Pulp Fiction. I mean, what a phenomenal looking guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just seeing a, just like just him an Adonis, yeah. In in the the green Celtics let's Super be real Sonics, too. Yeah. The Supersonics uniform is just that is such a beautiful oh, jersey. One of the greatest unis of like all time. what a loss that we've we've lost the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, yellow and green together. But that, this is a phenomenal uniform. This is a tremendous looking man with beautiful head of hair. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like how much is sweat? How much is activator it's really impossible to say um wow. but it is glorious looking and uh yeah i mean he wore number 44 which right. i would argue is maybe the coolest number in nba history sure. i know that's a whole different draft yeah, but right, right excellent number excellent look uh this guy was also just a bruising power forward uh rebounding you know savant um there's a story about him in the late 80s. He was going for uh, the rebounding, the league rebounding title against none other than Charles Oakley, then with the Chicago Bulls. And, um, and Cage like ripped off like five games in a row where he had like 20-plus rebounds. And then on the final day of the regular season, he yeah. needed 28, re- 28 rebounds yeah. to win the rebounding title. <laughs> wow. He went out and got... 30 rebounds oh, in the man. final game of the season. Oh, man. And uh, and apparently Charles Oakley is still pissed at him for that. Wow. Um, so, yeah, Michael Cage was just uh, just an awesome player. Um, later played for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Jerry Curl didn't last forever. He kind of went on to some some more muted styles later in his life and his career. But, uh, but man, for a brief time there, um, he had just the most beautiful, beautiful head of hair. Can I um, ask you a question? Is Do you see a theme here of... Um, bruising defense first mm. players who really embrace their hair yeah now that i think about it i believe every one of our picks was either a power forward or a center i mean i do think you and i have a thematic sort of interest in <laughs> we those. have a type yeah definitely. <laughs> we, share, we, share we, type. we have an nba type for sure <laughs> but i i also think it's cool that like a lot of these super burly guys who made a living doing the dirty work mm-hmm. are also sort of luxuriating and embracing their hair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's really neat. Because when, yeah, it's sort of like when you when you have to kind of like do that that yeoman kind of like thankless work on the court, you want to like treat yourself, you want to reward yourself. Yep. Like, I deserve something nice off the court. Yep. You know, I'm going to have this this nice hair that I can kind of go home to, if you will. Yeah. Um, go home with. Um yeah, so Michael Cage. Yeah, nicknamed John Shaft uh, for his wardrobe, apparently, by his teammates. Um, wow. Also called the Windex Man for his ability to clean the glass. Wow. And, uh, yeah, just a great uh, great player. If you don't know about Michael Cage, look him up. Great. Um, yeah. Great, solid pick. Man, so third round. I have to ask, BC, mm. do you ever... Uh, when doing a draft mm-hmm. on, on the line, do you ever... Do you ever... I don't mean cold feet, but do you ever... Do you ever question yourself in the moment being like, do yeah. I, do I want to, uh, do I want one last look at my depth chart? Yeah. Do yeah. I, yeah. Do Sometimes I, the, do you ever glance? The, the battle plan that you went in with suddenly you, in, you ever the, glance? in the moment you question it a little bit. I'm, I, I actually I, feel really good about my next handful of picks, Yeah, but I'm just, I just think it's worth mentioning that, man, it's a deep bench. Yeah. It's a really deep bench. It's a deep bench, and you second-guess yourself when, when it's actually time for the rubber to hit the road. But I am not I am not sorry, and I am not questioning this third <laughs> overall pick oh, man, for Team wait. CW. Detlef Schremp Detlef. was Ooh. a German-American Ooh. ball player drafted Ooh. into the NBA by the Dallas Mavericks in the first round of 1985 <sighs> with the eighth overall pick. Mm. 
Um, this was neither German. this was neither a uh, a mullet, and it was not also a compl- It was also not just a flat top, mm-hmm. and it was not fully a mullet. It was some sort of hybrid between the two. Mm. Um, his hair and his head were perfectly box-like, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and what was great about Detlef Schrempf, this is a, a sharpshooting three-point specialist who uh, mostly played with the Seattle Supersonics, but then also had a run with the Portland Trailblazers and the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was great about Detlef Schrempf was no matter how hard he played or how hard he was running, if he was sweating, whatever, nothing really interfered with that flat top. Mm-hmm. It remained flat. You never really saw the bangs get in his eyes. Perfectly still. It stayed up there, man. It stayed up there. And it's just, this thing was like a a tabletop in how flat it was. Yeah. Um, Just, you could could eat a a meal off this thing. Easily. Yeah. Uh, So, Detlef Shrimp. Yeah, put a a, a placemat on top of there. (laughs) Give me a knife and fork and a napkin. Yeah, you're eating off that thing. And lay a bowl of pasta on top of there. Yeah, sharpshooting sharpshooting wing for the Seattle Supersonics played with the great Gary Peyton, of course, mm-hmm. uh, was a wingman with Sean Kemp, if memory serves correct. Of the, German nationality? German nationality. Yeah. This was an era in um, Supersonics uniforms that, oh man, it actually makes me a little sad. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to get into the, the shame, shamefulness of this. Sonic, you know so. where I'm going with this, y- yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, This What this uniform makes me think of. Um, I think we've talked about it before, but remind there me. There is a player that we are both very fond of who is mentioned in this draft mm. who was traded to Seattle oh, very yes, famously of course, of and course. he wore so I love that initial I love that set uh, Seattle Sonics jersey that Michael Cage wore oh yeah that uh, the just 80s, like early 90s yeah but then yellow. the Sonics moved on from that jersey and embraced uh, a jersey that like we'll call had it the Space Jam the era Space Jam era jerseys. jerseys, which I just wasn't a fan of. Yeah, and, cartoons um, were really popular. So this picture that I have of Detlef Shrimp is him wearing that jersey, and yeah. I, I got a pretty say, sight. It makes me think of. Uh, well, let's just focus on the hair. Yeah. Okay. Let's not let our eyes Great. drift downward because there's no there's yeah. no need for that. The sure. hair is beautiful though. Sure. NBA Six Man of the Year. Uh, he was a three time NBA All Star, German American of de- uh, German American descent. Uh, 1985, he gets drafted into the league. Again, flat top. It's a flat top. It's a mullet. Uh, perfectly box-like. You can eat a, a meal off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. Kind of a predecessor. It's, it's not. He's not often talked about, but kind of a predecessor to Dirk Nowitzki. Absolutely. Not just because he was German, but because he was a six foot ten three-point shooter. Yes. Um, really kind of ahead of his time. Um, I feel like really would have been able to flourish in the NBA of today, which yeah, you he can't say been, about too many uh, players he, from that era. He would have been great in today's NBA, yeah. modern NBA for sure. Yeah. All right. Solid. Solid fourth pick. overall, you're up. Wow. On to the fourth round already. This is flying by here, folks. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, fourth. All right. I'm going to reach back into history for my fourth pick. Ba- way back. Way mm-hmm. back into the days of the red, white, and blue basketball. We're talking about the wow. ABA, folks. Oh, boy. And I'm going for... Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore. Artis Gilmore. You might have thought I was headed in the uh, Julius Irving direction. I thought that's where we were going. So he was obviously up oh my. there. I got to give, you know. Look at this head clear, of hair. Clearly, I got to give all kinds of respect to the doctor mm-hmm. uh, for really kind of, you know, bringing the Afro mainstream. But I did a lot of thinking here, a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And to my eyes, the best Afro, not necessarily the biggest, 
but the best. Talk to me about the best afro. What makes it the best? All right. So, Artis was a seven foot two monster. He was just an absolute dominator. Um, drafted, uh, came out of came out of college. Um, two years, I think, at like Jacksonville State. Led the nation in both scoring and rebounding. Um, drafted into the ABA because I think they were able to pay him like a bigger contract. Yeah. Um, and he was immediately just, he was like the Shaquille O'Neal of the ABA. He was rookie right. of the year and MVP in his first season. Whoa. Yeah. Um, just like a, a monster in the middle, blocking everything, rebounding everything, 25 points a game. Wore number 53 for the Kentucky Colonels. Mm-hmm. And Artis also had a widow's peak. And oh, yeah. around that widow's peak grew just a massive, towering, towering ball of hair. Yep. <laughs> um, and so I would say that, so there was another player that I have to give a shout out to named Darnell Hillman, mm-hmm. um, who technically, according to the uh, 1997 ABA reunion, he was rewar- uh, awarded the biggest Afro award. And so Darnell Hillman had a very that, large, perhaps the largest Afro. That was an award that they gave out? Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, obviously that was a big, uh, wow. a, a big, a big deal, a big distinction. Sure. Um, and Darnell had a great fro. Um, definitely, like, encourage everyone to look him up if you're not familiar. But Artis's fro was just like I don't know. Maybe it was just him and his the rest of his body. Mm-hmm. It was just more imposing and more just like massive and intimidating. And it had like a little bit more shape to it. It wasn't just kind of like one of those diffuse sort of like I'm just gonna let it grow into right. a big ball, like a big like lollipop puff on top right. of my head. It felt like it was like dense and like strong and like structural. Yeah, it really he has had, character. Yeah, he had these incredible uh, mutton chops and goatee, like really just the epitome of like the '70s fro facial hair combo. Like he just did it like no one else. Um, it uh, yeah, it just towered above all the other afros. And obviously, like Dr. J had a great fro early on. Um, but uh, but I think I think artists with his height combined with I know the facial hair isn't technically part of of the haircut no, conversation you, here. You can't deny the facial hair. But it's very hair. much you know intertwined. And, and um, let me say that came up for me as well. Like with Pollard. Uh, yeah, sure. At a certain point, you have to acknowledge this is part of the if conversation. It, it Complements the haircut in such a way, like yes. that gives the haircut a, a couple extra points. Absolutely, no yeah. question. Yeah. So, artist Gilmore. Artist Gilmore. Yeah, ABA legend. Hall of Famer went on to have some great years in the NBA with the uh, Chicago Bulls and then the Spurs. Spurs. Yep. And uh, yeah, he's he was awesome. Love uh, it. Yeah. All right, I'm up. Fourth overall pick. Here it is. Nicknamed the Dunking Dutchman. Rick Smits. Oh no. Played his entire professional career no. with the Indiana Pacers. Come on now. You're not picking Smits. He is a seven <laughs> foot center. He's a seven foot seven center. Oh Jesus. Drafted by the Pacers out of Marist. Oh, there right, are I'm gonna two, hold it in until you finish. There are I'm two chapters. Some, some pretty strong words for you here. There so. are two chapters to the Smith story. Oh, no. So we have the wavy blonde locks of gold from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety seven. And then we have Playoff Smiths, 1998. Mm. I want you to Google it. Playoff Smiths. Yeah, I know. I don't have to Google it. I've... It's a look that we'll describe as rugged, minimal, cleanly shaven. Ugh. It's a white scalp. Disgusting. It's really difficult to look at. It's horrifying, actually. Um, I'm not looking at it, but I can see it in my mind's eye because I, I know I've yeah. seen it. I've, had, I've been forced to gaze upon we that site. We know it very well. Too many times. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I, let's be real. Rick Smith. I do wasn't, not condone it. I do not. He wasn't just. He wasn't just a white guy. He was pale. Like he was nearly translucent. He I might would, have been albino. Yeah. So like lightly albino. Can you be like half albino? Sure. And that shaved head of his really looked troublesome. It was concerning. It wasn't a menacing Jordan. It was really. It was something entirely different. Yeah. Um, Rick Smith's my four, my fourth overall pick. Um, Rick Smith's not good. Not, your thoughts? Not a good pick. You don't like you it. Bl- you blew it. You just blew wow. your draft. I'm wow. sorry. Wow. I'm sorry to tell you. Wow. Um, you know you were doing great, and can then you tell you just, me? Is it, you is, it, you is it? Is it because he's a pacer? Yeah, obviously because he's a pacer. pacer. Yeah, that's what um, this is about. That's also, what the audience needs to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yep. every pacer yeah, uh, is inherently evil and yeah. bad yeah. and awful and wrong. Yep. Um, but especially Rick Smith's because yep. he was just big and gross and like yes. doofy. Yes. And he owned like, it. He owned it. He yeah, was unapologetically he Dutch. So my my dad and I, when we watched Knicks games back in the day, mm-hmm. um, my dad was just like, he had a, a real skill, real talent for uh, nicknaming players that we didn't like. Yes. Um, and it was very easy to, to, uh, to, to peg uh, Rick Smith's as Mrs. Brady. Um, because go ahead and, and Google image uh, Carol Brady. Oh, yeah. Um, because he literally had the exact same haircut as Mrs. Brady oh, from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, that really little did. flip on, yeah, on the, the back flip. of the neck. Yeah, he really did. It wasn't did. a mullet. It was no. like he just didn't quite cut enough of his hair. It was a flip. So it kind of flipped off the back of his yep. neck into his shoulders a yep. little bit. I can confirm. Just a little I can too confirm. long there, Rick. Just a little too long. I don't know what you're going for. Like, hey, if you had a mullet like, you know, the Boz or something like that, and you were just like a big, powerful mulleted dude, I would totally be into that. But instead... You look like Mrs. Brady. And then, sorry, sorry Mm -hmm. to go on a rant here, but then that 1998 shaved head playoff look that you referenced earlier. So the Indiana Pacers decided for the 98 playoffs that they they would shave, all the members of the team would shave their heads (laughs) for team unity in the playoffs. This is tough. Uh, Guess what? They stole that idea completely from the New York Knicks four years earlier in 94. That's right. um, Because they shaved their heads and they looked awesome and badass. They also wore black shoes and black wristbands. That's right. Um, and they were way, way cooler. And then the Pacers, four years later, they were like, yeah, we're going to be cool and badass, and we're going to shave our heads for the playoffs. And um, guess what? They all looked stupid, and they, lo- and they lost. So I'll say this. Anthony Mason was number one overall on my board, yeah. and Smith is a bench player on this team of mine. All right. Rick Smith, I stand by you know how hard you blew it. Yeah. Uh, all right, fifth round, you're up. Man, I don't know if I can recover after that. Uh, you got it. You'll be fine. punch right there. You'll be Jesus, fine. That just scrambled my circuits. Yeah. All right. Man, all right. So uh, we got, this is fifth. This is my last pick. Yep, your last pick. Wow. This is really tough. Um, I had, you know, I was really strong on my four. And to be honest with you, five was, was I knew was going to be kind of a crapshoot for me. Let me ask, are you taking, um, is this pick of yours mm-hmm. like... I got nothing to lose. Let me roll the dice. Is yeah. it like a high upside pick? I think it is a bit of a, a bit of a gamble. I mean, I could go with a safety. I'm trying to find some ground that I that wasn't really covered by some mm-hmm. of my other picks. So I want a little diversity. Yep. Um, man, um, I've got I've got two names that are highlighted, but I kind of feel like without tipping your hand too much. Mm-hmm. 
what are the pros if you're leaning in one direction more than another what are the pros of the guy who you're leaning towards um the pros are aesthetic beauty uh-huh. <laughs> the cons are probably like somewhat covered ground mm-hmm. i don't know i'm gonna i think i think i'm gonna have to all right well the there's a chance we could have like an honorable mention round. Yo, no, this, yeah, right? definitely, definitely. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. So as long as I'm not leaving, we'll get to that. Whoever it is, I don't want to leave yep. too far. All right, but for number five, this is a this is a bit of a safe pick, and I did already mention the my favorite flat top uh, in in NBA history, but but probably the second uh, best flat top. Yeah, belongs to the human highlight film Dominique Wilkins. Yeah, um, wow. It was it was just really nice. Like he like. First of all, Dominique Wilkins is one of the most beautiful men of all time. Yep. Like I'm not afraid to say. No like, way. He just God, he looked like like a like a million dollar bill. Like he was just like luxury NBA, like limousine coolness. What like, do we what do we love about this uh flat top here? All right. So it was tall but it wasn't too tall it wasn't like jokey tall yep it was like just tall enough to be like real it's like not a it's not a it's not like a kid play it's like a racer head it's like i'm a flat top you know i'm a flat top but i'm not trying to like call attention to my flat top but it's just because i can pull this off and it just looks really good the shape of his head was perfect for it he had a really, really um, important little like wedge part. Yep, um, on the side at one point. Yep. Now this was like I think around '88, so a little early actually for the flat tops. Ewing's flat top didn't really come out until like 1990, so I feel like Wilkins was like a bit of a, a flat top um, pioneer, trendsetter. Yep, because he really was like pretty much the coolest dude in the NBA in like 1988. I mean, Jordan was up there obviously, but um, but man, between like the dunk contests and just like. I don't know. Like he just looked the part. He has the high flying. I mean, he had the nickname the Human Highlight Film. Like that's yeah. Um, you, you really can't do any wrong. And uh, yeah, his flat top just like it kind of rose to the occasion and 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 was a part of his coolness. Um, and I almost feel like it. Like the thing. I don't know if he like did like a little bit of light jerry curl treatment to it, but it mm-hmm. almost looked like a little like yes. glistening, wavy. Like that thing damn near sparkled at times. I swear to God. Like it was, <laughs> it was just like maybe when he just kind of got sweaty and it would be like a little shinier, but, yep. but a real nice flat top, real, really well shaped, just uh, you know, real precise. And that little wedge part, which sometimes would move around. I think at one point it was like kind of off to the side and yep. it was like a little bit more in the middle. Um, wasn't too obvious. So you kind of had to look for it, but uh but man, like around like from like eighty eight to ninety one, when he was rocking like the flat top with the with the little wedge part, mm. beautiful stuff. Great. So Dominic Wilkins, love Dominic. To round out my five. Wow. So run back your five for me. Number one, Mace. Mm-hmm. Number two, the captain, Patrick. Yep. yep. Number three, Michael Cage. Number wow. Four, Artis Gilmore. Number five, Neek. Wow. wow. Yeah. Really solid group. Gotta say, pretty pretty pleased with myself. Right <laughs> really solid. Pretty damn group. pleased with uh, with Team Craw. All right. So Team CW is up with our final pick. So this this player and this incident that I want to talk about. Um, oh, there's an incident. It's an incident. Jeez. It's an incident. And I think if we're doing an NBA hair draft, this needs to be talked about it needs to be discussed yeah. it needs, this player needs to be drafted mm-hmm. and we need to see this thing through okay so the incident that i'm referring i'd like to talk about is um is the incident of the spray on hair in oh. february 2012 <laughs> okay. with carlos boozer so first of all i want to say i don't mean to make light of anyone's hair loss <laughs> of course not. and that it's like a real issue and like 
you know, it stinks. Like, yeah. like, hey, a lot of people take pride in their hair. You totally. know what I mean? Like, we're doing a hair draft. Like, we love hair more than anyone. Yeah, yeah, um, we do. And, we, and I will say, like, we're both, you know, let's be honest, we're blessed with, with yes, two, we have full, two pretty good yeah, heads of hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we've never experienced... Wouldn't know what it's like, right? Really, like, honestly, I don't know. Yeah, and it's probably worse than I could even imagine it, to actually feel that kind of loss yes. of your... Of your look your identity yeah, your yeah, masculinity yeah, whatever yeah. You, whatever it feels like so carlos boozer had been struggling with hair loss like a lot of people sure and very someone common. approached him someone approached him about trying a hair loss product called uh beijing <laughs> and it was a chemical product used <laughs> to restore the name of it. oh i went so deep <laughs> chemical product called beijing and it was a chemical product used to restore hair and make it look thicker beijing what kind so, of a name if someone came to you with a product called beijing you wouldn't look, I don't know. I would be skeptical. I would look into it. But this is also in um, I, uh, Fe- February 2012. I mean, the, the let's be real. The internet exists. So, yes, would I have liked Carlos to do a little bit more research? <laughs> a little I mean, bit of a background check on this guy? Like, I, I, maybe, yeah, maybe no. Maybe hindsight is, you know, like. Was it like a relative? Was it a, a random guy? No, like I think it was coming, like a salesperson. I think it was like, like a salesperson. A cold call? No, like, I think it was like a salesperson who must have been a Bulls fan and was like, hey, man. Man, like caught him in the tunnel after yeah, the game. Yeah, like, like oh, you're I got, my favorite player. I got hey, for you. I know you're going through this thing. I'll like, give you a free sample. Yeah, it's on me. It's on the house. Whatever. Okay. So he puts this stuff in his hair, and he uh, rinses it through. And the next thing he knows, he looks in the mirror, and what he sees is the the result is basically shoe polish. <laughs> so Carlos Boozer had had a receding hairline. Um, and it was just kind of like thinning up top, you know what I mean? Like on like the crown of his head, it was just thinning. Yeah. And the result is like a hard, <laughs> like plastic shell. A and hard so straight line across his forehead. Yes. And so he tries washing it out seven or eight times to no avail. And that night he has a game with the Bulls <laughs> at the Boston Celtics. Ooh. And of, co- of course it's the Bulls and the Celtics. Big game. So it's on ESPN. Oh God. And guess what? HD cameras and HD TVs had just sort of like just coming in come play out there. Twenty twelve. We're at talking this point, big Boozer, screen flat big screen flat screens exist. Boozer's a big time player. I think in oh, this yeah. game he had something like twenty two points, nine rebounds, what something are you like do? that. Sit out, you know. So the camera, the camera conference rival here. You you're gonna fake an injury to the, sit out the game. No. The camera's on him all the time, and he's dominating. And so he's getting a lot of FaceTime on the camera. Boy. And so what I what I love about Carlos Boozer and what I love about this story, first of all, is that he talks openly about it now. He's he's I, I honestly feel comfortable telling this story because he tells it better. Right. So right. go go onto YouTube, jump down We're the not rabbit just hole. Roasting no, this guy. He roasts himself. Yeah. Um, he told this whole story on uh, Dan Lebetard's show. Yeah, you can find the clip. In, uh, encourage, uh, highly encourage everyone yes. to check that out. Google. But what I love about Carlos Boozer. Boozer yeah, what I love about Boozer is his his resistance towards time, his his turning back Father Time just for one night and saying, you know, tonight I will not be bald. I will not have a receding hairline. Tonight I will have a full helmet of jet. <laughs> black plastic looking hair like product like spray paint stuff on my head yeah. and i'm just gonna be a normal boy yeah and uh <laughs> and my god and i'm not gonna hide from the cameras my god no, i no. mean this i know what i look like i saw myself in the mirror last night i mean and then I, this morning and then in the locker room right before the game i am looking at a photo but you know of what? him now and it's 
it's it's i mean the light bounces off the scalp of his head i mean it is like reflective you know like the light bounces right back off his head from the cameras so carlos boozer my my fifth overall pick he rounds out my bench um i run back it's like a deep ebony it's like it's like oh man it's a black hole black yeah so i have a team here of dennis rodman the worm scott pollard the samurai scott detlef shrimp uh rick smith's amazing and carlos boozer i love how we went in like drastically different directions for this yeah without planning it all ahead of time you and i had like different definitions of yeah different different goals different different objectives objectives completely and i love the way the beauty of a draft kind of complement each other yes we get the good looks we get the the looks that you know, maybe we don't really want to remember. No, but, but like maybe need to. But they like, can't just be lost to history. We can't just because did, we, we can't we can't act like this never happened. Yeah, we can't act like Rick Smith didn't shave his head because yeah. he did. He, yeah. That happened. Um, can we can we do some honorable mentions? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, right. Anyone you want want to talk about first, real quick? I mean, feel free to kick it off since I got the first. You know, so. someone that I loved, something someone I thought deserved mentioning, talking mm-hmm. about. It didn't last long enough, but it was again, it was a blip on the radar. Was blonde Jason Kidd? Oh yeah, of course um, we've, uh, we've Jason we've Kidd. Had many a laugh Jason over. Kidd was a ten-time NBA All Star, five-time All NBA First Teamer. Include him in your top five. I mean, he was right there. Yeah, he was right there. He was right beneath Boozer on my depth chart. I really had a tough time between. Uh. The thing is with with you know again like you were I was asking you about that fifth pick what, which direction you were leaning right. for me I really had a lot of hair dye um, mm, I had mm-hmm. I you know like I feel like Dennis Rodman um, between Dennis Rodman and Boozer that's a good deal of hair dye and Pollard yeah, you were and, dealing and with Pollard products. too yeah. yeah so I was very interested in men um, coloring their hair mm-hmm. <laughs> and doing innovative things with color and I think blonde Jason Kidd is very much in that same vein um, I would say what was interesting to me about Kid in 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 this respect was he was very you know he was I don't know maybe the one of the top point guards of 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 like ever right oh yeah and for sure. you know uh, uh, nine time uh, NBA defensive player uh, all he all has, defense does team, he have the, right? the most triple doubles or the second most triple doubles behind like yeah. Magic Johnson him like, like one or the other insane what insane was fun stats. was fun about Jason Kidd being blonde was like you just didn't see it coming it was like I didn't know that he would also didn't seem like that type of guy yeah he seemed very like he wasn't a weirdo he wasn't like some no, countercultural he was like hyper competitive like mm-hmm. a fierce competitor on the court very serious very, very serious studious and you wouldn't necessarily expect him to be going home and like playing with like a bleach kid in the sink yeah you know what i mean and what year was this i know this was, he was on the suns on the suns yeah so this was not this was not a youthful dalliance he'd been in the league now four or five years yeah he came in, in like 94 i think or 95 yes, yes. and uh so it wasn't like it was his rookie year and he was just no. going to kind of like try out like, oh, I'm, I'm in the league now. I'll try a new look. Like, it's sort of like... Also, I, expect I, I, I kind of can't escape. Like, um, we talked about this with Rodman, like the, the, the contrast between the jersey and the hair. Mm-hmm. You know, he was... It's important, he, I got to say. There was that... He was on the Suns in the era of the team with that with that um, a very angular sun streaking across the jersey. Mm-hmm. Bright the colors. Sun. Yeah, yeah. So it was... Um, it's just a kind of a jarring look for Jason Kidd to be blonde, platinum blonde, uh, when playing for the Suns in uh, in 2000. Mm. Honorable mention? Anything you want to throw out there? Um, gosh. I'll, uh, so one of my kind of like curveballs was going to be a, a non-player, actually, but a yep. coach. And I'm going to go with the 
the famous Pat Riley yeah, slip Pat back. Riley slip back. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, as you can see, a lot of my choices here were influenced mm-hmm. uh, heavily by, of course, um, who we the, who we are. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, the most yeah. Um, sort of seminal and uh, and um, um, what's the word impressionable time you know yeah. in my life, um, my early fandom. So Pat Riley was the Knicks coach. Yeah. Um, he later, you know. Uh, deserted and, and uh, double-crossed the team and became uh, Rat Piley, as my father and I wow. referred to him, um, in Miami. But, I feel like um, it was a very slick-backed hair thing to do. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, what else could we expect from a guy with I slicked mean, hair? At this, yeah, looking right. back on it now, I can't say I'm that shocked. But, right. but yeah, I mean, at the time, Pat Riley was the coolest coach. He yep. was the perfect kind of... Um, you know, anti. Um, what's the word like? Kind of like, like you know, the, the the team that he coached was so like rugged and, and yeah. rough and urban and and like mm-hmm. you know Mason and Oakley, rough and, and tumble. Yeah, rough and tumble. Uh, and he was like this like Hollywood exec, like slick back, mm-hmm. and yet somehow it worked because he was tough and like kind of badass, mm-hmm. and he did coach like the brand of bas- basketball that he coached. Um, which really like kind of betrayed the, like his whole look with like the Armani suits and the slick yep. back. But yep. anyway, as a kid, I was like, that's, that's badass. That's cool. Yep. I love that my coach has this like ridiculous, like Michael Douglas and wall street look going. Yeah. And, uh, and he was a great coach and, and yeah. I loved him and, um, you know, he had, he was famous. For Iconic. That look. Yeah. Iconic. Uh, honorable mention for me. I have Andre Karolenko of the Utah mm-hmm. jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, Karolenko had a, uh, I mean, he rocked several different looks, but the one that I want to talk about was the early 2000s uh, era with the Jazz. Uh, AK-47, he had what I would describe as a decidedly Eastern European look. <laughs> uh, it's sort of an overly permed blonde mullet. Mm-hmm. Um it could not have been silkier. It could not have been smoother. It could it not like, have been like doll's hair. Yeah, it, it could like, not have been more flat. I, I just I mean, to like run my fingers through that. Yeah, hair. this was hair that had been in a flat iron for hours, yeah. hours before tip off. Um, there was elements of Ziggy Stardust. Maybe there were elements yeah. of eighties kind Very of hair Ziggy. metal. Yeah, um, just sort of yeah. Kind of like if Rick Smiths like knew what the fuck he was doing. Like yeah. maybe he would try to go for that i would say karolinko was like a highly cared for smiths yeah you know what i mean he had like hair that smith it's he, intentional he, as he opposed had, to an accident yes he he was blessed with hair like smiths but was like going to a mm-hmm. beauty parlor and like having it permed yeah yeah you could tell there was like a hair dryer involved yeah. um, uh one other honorable mention for me i want to throw out there is um drew gooden's braided goatee Mm. Um, I don't know if this rings a bell. Drew Gooden had a, well, he, uh, there, there's a couple components yeah, here. Gooden had a few weird looks. Yeah, he had a few weird looks. He grew out a, um, I guess what uh, fans of modern NBA would uh, reference to JaVale McGee, sort of, um, he called it a ducktail, which is just a braided, just like a braided little rat tail on the back of his head. He was right. otherwise just totally bald. Right. Then he had nice thick mutton chops and then he grows out his goatee and then dreads five or six little, little, little braids. I mean, real substantial braids, probably an inch or two on each one of these guys. Um, just a very, you know, renegade imposing look. Mm. And this is a guy who was a six ten journeyman played 14 years in the league mm-hmm. And um, I got to say, I think his look probably bought him at least uh, a contract or two. Mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just He's very different. much like a, like, a, like a boozer Pollard hybrid. Yes. 
very um, much very much like yeah where again there is probably a theme with my with my team like i'm very interested in guys who bang and bruise but also they're thinking bigger picture about <laughs> their their look you know like who what am i showing the world who, yeah who am yeah. i yeah. what kind of uh, yeah. image do i want to portray uh, anyone else you want to throw out there i mean um, I, I have a laundry list yeah of we guys need to go here. through all these because we gotta yeah. get on to to some more things but uh i'll just give uh, one last couple uh, names yeah gotta give a quick shout to Dwayne shinsus wow um, oh yeah yeah for his so we talk about like you know aborted mullets and epic. failed mullets epic mullet this guy had the mullet like maybe yeah. the only real legit mullet yep. i mean in other sports like football and hockey obviously yep. mullets are a dime a dozen yep but in the nba no one really had one except for this guy he had a strong mullet uh, as a rookie on the Spurs, like 1990, 91, which really was like the best year for mullets. Like, I think that's kind of when it went mm-hmm. like to its peak. Uh, I believe that was the same year that the movie Stone Cold starring Brian Bosworth came out. Wow. Uh, the Boz had uh, probably the best mullet in all of sports, but Shinsu wow. was up there. Okay. He even had a nickname for it. He called it the lobster. Oh my God. So oh God. if you have a nickname for your mullet, yeah. you're going to at least pull an honorable mention from sure. Um I'll run through the end of my list. I got Chris Kamen with the Clippers. Oh, yeah. Um, Kurt Rambis with the Lakers. Allen Iverson with the epic Corn Rose sure. with the Sixers. The Co- Kobe Bryant's Baby Fro. Chris the Birdman Anderson. Mm. Uh, I mean, doing all sorts of interesting hair stuff there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one's iconic. Michael Jordan's bald. Um, yeah. Uh, Rick Definitely Fox. Rick Fox with the, with the curls. Um, Chris Mullen with the flat top. Mm-hmm. I have uh, Blondes, Nash, and Dirk. Sure. Um, yep. I also have, I had Pat, Pat Riley, like you, um, Anders, Anderson Verjao for the Cavs, mm. Sideshow, Sideshow Bob. Bob yeah, yep. Of course. Andre Miller at one point rocked a series uh. of Afro puffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a very, a very brief, very brief, but he did That's have them cool. with the Blazers and the Nuggets. Yeah. So just wanted to throw that out there. A couple yeah. of honorable mentions. Good job. Shouts to Andre Miller. Yeah, probably the only guy who really... Pulled out, tried to pull off an Afro puff. Yeah, that's cool. Um, um, can I just wrap it up yes. with one last name yeah. for you? And I kind of feel like you'll you'll be uh, be happy and, and willing to close out on this sure. one. Keith Van Horn bangs. I had it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I went as Keith Van Horn a couple years ago <laughs> for Halloween. Right? Yeah. That's why I'm shocked that he wasn't even <laughs> no, in the top five. Honestly. No. Yeah. He was right those there. Those bangs. Wow. He was right there. All right, Krav, this has been the hair draft. Um, we did I it. mean, I think we did a great job. I appreciate I appreciate all the work that you brought to the table. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. we will see you at the Enforcers draft. Coming up. All right, that was the inaugural draft podcast with Ben Krav, BC. Thanks so much. My name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at me at OnTheLine underscore pod. I'm on Instagram. Send me any of your NBA-related questions at OnTheLinePod at gmail.com. Please rate, review, subscribe to the show on iTunes, wherever you get podcasts. Hey, enjoy the NBA offseason, and I will talk to you guys next week.